Daily Dribble. Welcome back to the Daily Dribble Podcast, guys. As always, I'm your host, Nick Zammett, here back, fit and firing on a Friday night. Joining me is Mr. Liam Hancock. What's going on, guys? Are you here? And Mr. Roy Hancock. How are we going, guys? Gentlemen, what a week it's been. As it's always. Been, it's been an action-packed week, to say the least. Coming with that is another huge episode this week. Uh, off the back of doing our two-part series last week, going through our mid-season kind of reviews for mm. both the East and the Western Conference, we're back this week to just discuss some of the players we think are on the hottest seat heading into the second half of the season and the playoffs. Yes. It's not a position you want to find yourself in, I don't think. No. In the run home. I, I, I don't think on the hot seat, in, in the, uh, under pressure. Under pressure. Because one pressure. of my players isn't on the hot seat by any means. It's it? just under a lot of pressure. Under pressure. Great song by John. None other than John Barnum. Are you guys familiar with that one? Rendition, Nick. I could. I, oh, I don't know if I've got it on but... me today, but uh, I'll save that for a later date. You okay. pull me back up. You on get that side of down. And, and I'll we'll, save uh, it. we'll get back to you. Um, guys, a big shout out to both the cover and stadium scene. Those two networks doing tremendous mm. things, for not only us, but many other content creators out there. Um, it was great last week for our NBL show dropping on, well, it was Tuesday night. Uh, I actually jumped on with the lads from the Fifth and Dribble, mm-hmm. another one of the uh, the cover uh, kind of part of that podcast network. Yes. Um, it was great to chat everything NBA and NBL with both Matty B and Locke there. So be sure to check that one out, guys, if you haven't already. Um, let's get mm. into it, though, guys. A big, big episode in store. Got some quick odds and ends to start with here. Mm. Go for it. Now, I want to tie this. So Chris Stapp's Porzingis is set to miss two weeks with a left ankle sprain. Uh, he's averaging 22 points, nine rebounds this season. Certainly going to make a push for the plane. Very, very difficult from here for the Wizards, wouldn't you think, Lee? I think so. But uh, at the end of the day, they're not contenders. It only matters if they're contending, in my opinion, what they get to the, they get in the playoffs, their first round exit. So what's the point? Yeah, Yeah. what's the point? Yeah. Do you you think though, like if in an ideal world, you know, I'm kind of trying to create a bit of a, Mm. uh, a pretty picture here of the Wizards. Yes. You know, if Porzingis is healthy, Bill coming back starts to find a little more form heading into a playing playoff scenario. Coos fit and firing. Is there a world in which they could cause some of these teams in the upper echelon of the East some headaches? Oh, or, or you just think, no, they're, they're not there. They're probably not there just yet. And you look at the teams above them and they've probably got a bit more well-rounded teams, probably higher-end higher talent. And But just speaking of pausing us, Probably having one of, if not his best career today. Yeah, I'd I, say so. I think mm. so too. Mm. And his ability to shoot the three ball really become a quality stretch five. Uh, I think he's showing that form that we all thought, you know, when he went to New York, he was kind of being hailed as that unicorn type player, that kind of one of a kind. And, yes. Um, granted, I don't think he's one of a kind at the moment, but he's certainly, I think, putting playing the best ball of his young career. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He's reaching his potential to a certain extent, which is really good to see. Well, another player set for a sideline stint is Stephen Adams of the Memphis Grizzlies. A bit longer. Set to miss three to five weeks after suffering a PCL sprain in his right right knee there. Mm. Um, this will see greatly increased responsibility for Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark there. Um, I guess the kind of the silver lining for the Grizz at the moment. Mm. You know, it's not going to be a really long-term injury. And the fact that they've got themselves into a really healthy, comfortable position at the moment should they drop a few games, it's certainly not going to be the end of the world. No. Um, they've just built a nice little buffer there themselves in Denver uh, at, at the top of the West there. 
It's not, not that I was just going to say, not that I think they'll dip off dramatically, but I think, um, I think Stephen Adams is a bit underrated on what whatever team he's on. And I've said this, I think I even said it last podcast. You might have mentioned it last week. Yeah, he's always that big brother to whoever. It's usually a point guard or a shooting guard. And yet he's still so young. And he's still, I don't know how <laughs> young he is. Young. It's incredible. How old is he? He might be 28. 28, I think. But it feels like, you know, you remember him when he's, his OKC days, that feels like an eternity mm. ago. He just feels like he's been in the league a very, very long time. Do you reckon if you put Stevie Adams and myself in a split screen with one another, same age? Mate, and I, be careful with your answer. No, I, I tell you what, just, I'll, I certainly think Stevie looks considerably older than you. Yes, I would have thought so. Um, but it's Correct. like those players, you know, I'm 24, but 21, 22, 23-year-olds, mm-hmm. They, like I see pictures of them, and they all look miles ahead of me in terms of <laughs> you know beard growth, in terms yes. of muscle development. I mean, it's not Jalen Duran. How old is he? Like 19, nineteen, and he looks like Hulk. It's incredible, isn't it? It's uh, just a testament to uh, good growth growth hormones there. Yes, um, yep. fair play. Good Let's boys. speak about some the Lakers for a moment here, lads, because they've had a uh, an interesting week to say the least. When don't they have an interesting week well, it's, for one uh, reason or another? Spotlight. Yeah, I tell you what, it's uh, like a never-ending roller coaster at the moment. Mm. But the roller coaster is going up at the moment. They oh. signed Rui Hachimura mm. from the Wizards. Um, the deal was as follows: the Lakers receiving Rui, uh, and the Wizards receiving Kendrick Nunn and three second-round picks. There, mm. uh, I think for Lakers fans and myself, I certainly feel happy about this. You know, mm. despite playing more minutes lately, Kendrick Nunn was never really a contributing factor. No. Um, although, did you see the highlights from his Wizards debut? A couple, oh. couple of big dunks there. He looked like a new player. Where was that Kendrick Nunn? It's always the way, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's always new the scenery. way. Um, Bound to happen. But I thought, you know, Rui is a really good pickup. Over the last two seasons, shooting 41% on catch-and-shoot threes, uh, an area the Lakers really need to address. Mm. So far this season, struggling a little bit more from three, but... Uh, the other day in their matchup against the Spurs, his debut there, great to see AD return as well in yeah. that one. Um, came back with a bang. Came back with a bang, big double-double there. Mm-hmm. But uh, Rui, I thought, looked quite solid. And yeah. I think he'll certainly be a positive contributor to the team. I just hope the Lakers don't think, okay, you're in our team now. You're expected to go out and get this many points or you're expected to hit near on every shot you take. Because that's one of the things with the Lakers I've noticed. I haven't seen much media about it, but they're not a great player de- developmental team. Oh, no, they're garbage. Um, you look at all the – I mean, not that I think Kendrick Nunn's going to go on a tear over at the Wizards, but oh, like – No, that would be so sick if you just – like all these players who turn into lights into out players. Yeah, but like Lonzo, Lonzo Ball, uh, Brennan Ingram, Coos. Jordan Clarkson, Coos, like yeah. all these players leave and they become better – um, I'm scared that uh, he'll be expected too much. I just hope they give him a bit to- a bit of time to develop over in LA. No, I'm saying piss that off pretty quickly. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's now or never. It's time for that playing push. I but... mean, if there's too much pressure, talk about pressure. Is Rui one of your pressure players? No, he's not. He's not. He's <laughs> not you can't, that, that that you can't put the pressure on him from get-go, in my opinion. Okay, we've got very contrasting opinions. Yeah. It's, uh, but let's talk a little more Lakers trade talk just real quickly here. Um, according to Zach Lowe and Bobby Marks, mm-hmm. the Bulls, shout out to Apex, because I know we spoke about a couple of Bulls trades in conjunction with the Lakers the other week. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bulls would accept Russell Westbrook, the Lakers 2027 and 2029 first round pick in exchange for Zach Levine. Hypothetical trade if it all were to go through. How do you find this one for both franchises, lads? 
Oh, this is, I saw this the other day as well, and I thought it was interesting because obviously Zach Levine's a better shooter on his day than Russell Westbrook, which is probably ideally what the Lakers need at this point. But I don't know if I'm the Lakers if I would take that in a heartbeat, to be like honest if, with you. If you do this, you've essentially you've got like zero assets, assets left. In, going in terms forward. of draft capital, you've got squat. What, what else are they supposed to do? You though, got rid of you your know? three picks just there for Rui and you're mm. getting rid of your two prized first round picks. I did think on Rui three was a bit too much. Like they're second rounders, but give him two for Rui. I just think with Russell Westbrook, like Yes, he's had some stinkers, but he's also probably the leading six-man-of-the-year candidate at the moment, so it's not like you're getting rid of an absolute bum. And, you know, Zach Levine's season hasn't been anything to write home about either. No. So I, if I was the Lakers, I probably would consider other options that are put out there. Yep. Um, but at the same time, can you be too fussy if you're the Lakers? Are you at the point now where you just sort of have to take the best available offer? Tim, what, what's your thoughts? To be honest, what I was thinking with this one, if if it were to go ahead, I think it would have to be Russ and one of the picks. Yeah, um, not I, both. Like if you if you give away both, then you've really hamstrung yourself to this squad. Um, you know, moving forward, there's very little flexibility by just player for player mm. trades. Yep, I would I would be happy to offer say the 2029. Mm. Keep mm. the 2027 because I know that's the more highly rated pick. Um, because again, you know, I agree with you, bro. I think Westbrook for all his faults and God damn, that man shot a lot of bricks this week. <laughs> the the quintessential bricklayer he is. Mm. I just, I think if you're giving away both those assets, you, it really leaves you in a vulnerable position for the next couple of years. And they're already in a vulnerable pos- position as it is. So Lee, would you agree with that? Or do you think just send it? It, uh, you, I, I, just, I think just send it, but I don't know if it's for Zach Levine. You know, I, I like the Bulls trade where they were getting DeMar DeRozan and Vucevic. I know you'd have to give up a fair bit, and I think Kendrick Nunn might have had to be a piece in that. Um, Still but, got Wenyon Gabriel. Oh. Yeah. I, I actually, actually had him. a good week. Oh, Wenyon? Yep. But, um, the credits, yeah. I mean, Zach Levine would improve their offense dramatically. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's almost put all the cards on the tables at this point, in my opinion. Lay it down, he says. Well... A little more Lakers talk because I'm so enamored Jeez, with the Lakers. Oh, far out. Um, after dropping 46 points versus the Clippers earlier in the week, that was on Wednesday, that mm. game, LeBron James, he just sets records on a night-to-night basis, became the first player in NBA history to record at least 40 points against all 30 NBA Jeez. teams. What a phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. Now, do you guys know there's one player in the league, I'm not sure if you saw it or not, okay. there's one player who's currently on 29. Do you know who this player is? At 40. Um, to join J- LeBron there. JH. Yeah, you spot on James Harden there. Mm. But I tell you what, LeBron, we say it week in, week out. Honestly, aging like a fine wine, mm. just another incredible, incredible milestone, incredible record to attach to his name. Very, very quickly approaching the all-time scoring record. I think we're, what, a buck 50 away? Yeah, we're not too take. far away at all. Geez, that, what a monumental occasion that'll be. Incredible, isn't it? Like literally every time I see LeBron have one of these games, what was it? Like 48, 46, 46 and like eight and seven. I'm like, how, like, there's not a game that passes where I'm like, how is he still doing this? Yeah. Well, we, the other week uh, on that show, I spoke about momentarily ago with the lads from the fifth and dribble. We each did some um, really bold predictions that we see mm-hmm. playing out for the back half of the NBA season. Matty B, Put forth an outrageous one. He's he thinks that LeBron 
before the season's out, it's going to have a 65-point game. 65? I was what? like, holy shit. I wouldn't put it past it, it, 65. The, the thing with LeBron, isn't oh. it, though? Like, he he's capable of doing that, no doubt. But well, he like, set a career it, high in threes the other day, too, with nine. Did he really? Yeah. There you go. He's capable of doing that, but, like, he's also – it's not his – game style is it like he's he's a very like part even though he's about to, it's ridiculous because he's about to become the all-time uh, leading scorer in the nba but he's very much a pass first yeah type operator as well but if he just want if he wanted 65 he could probably have it to be perfectly honest it just depends if there it. comes a game where he's like i'm putting my head down and i'm you know going for a big 60 bucket i love, I love to see it i love it well tying in with lebron here lads for the first time ever the all-star draft Mm-hmm. It's going to take place on the same day as the actual All Star Game. I now, love this. You, you, you enjoy this? Yeah. It really this doesn't it, give them any time to. No. It really makes it that kind of that schoolyard kind of yeah. equation where you've got two teams line up, pick the players mm-hmm. out. Um, <laughs> it's uh, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of it. Lee, do you like it? Doing it the same day, really giving it, you know, that kind of intensified feel, mm. if you will. I'm excited for it. I, I do like when they all come out, they rise on the podium together and mm. start dancing together. So I hope that's still a thing. But Shit apart feeling from that, if you're one of the, you know, the last or second last one picked, isn't it? You're it, kind of standing there like a shag on a rock. I think it would be, but at the same time, I feel like that player might be coming into the game with a bit more raw emotion thinking, geez, I've just been shafted here and I'm coming in and, you know, showing them why I should have been picked a bit higher. But Absolutely. I like that. I, and I think particularly with the All-Star Weekend, the NBA have to continue to find ways to innovate and continue to find ways to mix it up. Because I think as NBA fans, when we see, I, I guess I speak for myself, but I think I speak for a lot of others. When you see some like new aspects to the weekend that you haven't seen before, fresh aspects, I think it's mm. a really good thing and it keeps people interested. And, you know, you're not just expecting the same thing year in, year out, which can become boring. Time to piss off. I think the dunk contest, given the players that they've got, unless they really revert it back to the old old school, you know, quality dunkers. I don't want G League players. Bring in the one v ones. One v ones would be One v ones would be sick. But did you hear what um, Spencer Dinwiddie said throughout the week about the one v ones? What did What did Spence have to say? Spence Dinwiddie wasn't a fan of it at all. I don't think because he was more or less saying that um, with the one on ones, what will happen is it might be, for example, Spencer Dinwiddie versus. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. What an underwhelming one-on-one that would be. But this I'd be is my for example. that, given his performance today no. earlier today. Let's make it happen. I just want to see some more established stars, I guess. <laughs> but but just, just imagine hypothetically, um, Tim Hardaway Jr. gets up. Yeah. Now there's people saying, "Oh, it's Tim Hardaway Jr. Jr. is a better player yeah, than it. Spencer Dinwiddie." And I don't think Spence was a huge fan of that. And to a certain extent, I can see where he's coming from. But I think if you had the elite stars and superstars of the competition lining up to play, I reckon that would be something to behold. I'd love to see it. There you go. The thing well, is, they wouldn't. The superstars. They yeah, that's like the dunk contest. Yeah. That's why we got G League players because there's the risk versus reward. It's yeah. It's out of balance there. So God, that's so embarrassing that you've got a G League player in the dunk. I tell you what, if Matt McClung wins it, look out. There you go. Lads, today, though, we did have announced our all-star starters pool. Mm. Yeah, give it to us. Oh, here we go. From the Eastern Conference, we've got Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and your captain from the East is Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like the Greek. There you go. There's the East. A few snubs. Yeah. That's a few okay. snubs. It's uh, always bound to happen. Transitioning mm-hmm. to the West, we've got 
The Chef, Steph Curry. Yep. Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Zion Williamson, and your captain, the 19-time All-Star, LeBron James. How many times have you been a captain, old LBJ? A lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> 19. Isn't that outrageous? That's the ridiculous, no, isn't it? The 19-time All-Star, and he's only getting better. That's if, unbelievable. What a phenomenal achievement as well next year. Like, he, undoubtedly, I think he'll make it once again a 20-time All-Star. Incredible. It, okay, it just it, doesn't sound right, you, does it? You get the first pick. Who are you picking? Uh, well, given oh, KD's injured, I... I, I oh, I'd be I taking. You're going to go Jokic. I was about to say, I'd take Jokic. Yep. Yeah, Lee for you. I go the excitement route. So, granted, though, it depends. If you're Giannis, mm. would you take Jokic still? Mm, that's a good point, actually. Ah, uh, I'm taking Luca. Yeah, I reckon if you're Giannis, you take a Luca. If you're mm. LeBron, you probably take Jokic. Yeah. Okay. In the in the same vein, who are you taking last out of that All Star pool starter pool? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I'd probably take Kyrie last. Yeah, probably Mitchell. Yeah, Mitchell. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. But that just speaks volumes to how good the quality is in that in that, that <laughs> when you're taking year, those but, last. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal stuff there. We'll be sure to keep you guys posted. NBA All Star Weekend coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. The fallout from all that. Uh, I know we're all certainly looking forward to it. For us, it's mm. nice. Kind of a bit of a. A chance to re, uh, kind of unwind. yourself. Mm. Yep. Uh, we've got a plethora of games going in day on, day in and day out. Mm. So it's nice to have that little bit of a break, a couple of days of All Star Weekend festivities, and uh, then put in a final push towards the uh, the playoffs. Mm. Very keen for it, lads. Let's move ahead. Daily dribble. Very good. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest with you. I've I've already like I've I spoke to you, Ro, just yes. behind the scenes of a podcast. I've already done the title and the type up for the show. Good boy. That's um, what we want. So I, I need to uh, I need to almost slide in what I've called it into this segment. So <laughs> oh, we've we given go. it which players are most under pressure for the second half of the season. Um, I've, I've given it one of my favourites in the title. Diamonds are made under pressure. Oh, you got it. You got it. <laughs> I, uh, uh, I say it week in, week the, out. Pull the string on the back. Yeah, pull there the string go. on the back. I absolutely <laughs> love it. These little quotes. That's certainly one of my favourite sites. Uh, it's made, the, like it's it. made the title. There you go. Do but, you know what? That's like saying, it's like when you go to watch a movie and they say the title of the movie in the movie and you're like, you think, <laughs> 100%. Is that just me? or like, No. You know? I'm with you. I'm absolutely what, when with you. they say the movie title of the show. In the movie, you're like, like, I'm trying hmm. to think of what's, what's a good movie. The first time they ever said, We are the Walking Dead. I was like, Oh, I haven't yeah. seen The Walking Dead, but I'll I'll trust you on that one. Trust me. What's another one, bro? Because you've you've now got that stuck in my head. Like, uh, um, like I guess Wolf of Wall Street, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Good, good what, movie. What Matt. did they say? Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> you haven't got the quote. I had the quote ready. I don't know specifically what he said, but I don't think he said it. I've I think he did. Reason. I think he did. Like, because there was like a news article, wasn't it? And they were saying, Oh, and you've been dubbed the Wolf of Wall oh, Street. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. There yep. you go. All right, good, good movie. Time. Watched it far too many times. Long movie, though. Fun oh, movie. Good, is, good book, though. Yep. Um, so what we've got here, guys, we've got two players each that we think or feel gonna be under pressure. Heading into the back half of the season, into the playoffs. As always, say it week in, week out. Let us know what you thought about our selections, who you would have had instead. Um, hit us up on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok. Always willing and up and about for any basketball conversation with you guys. Again, mm-hmm. another week having some great conversations. So keep them coming. We love Thanks, it. Sue. 
We love talking bowl. That's why we do it week in and week out, don't we, lads? Absolutely. Do you want me to get started? Right, huh? I've just been proactive today. Good, I'm good. getting, getting it forth. started. Now, player under pressure. My first player under pressure. Now, everyone, well, I love Jar Morant as much as any other player in the league. I think he's one of the most exciting players in the league today, and he's just absolute box office every mm. time you switch on a Grizzlies game. Absolutely. As much as I love Jar, there is absolutely no doubt that after that interview with Malika Andrews, yeah, yes. where he said yep. that, essentially he said that he doesn't have a problem with any other team in the West He's in the run home. home. He thinks the Grizzlies are going to have them covered. I think that Jar does have a pretty significant target on his back. And as a result, I think the Grizzlies overall have a pretty significant target on their back. Um I guess we know, you know, in regards to Jar, we know from a box uh, box score perspective what we're getting on any given night, and that's we've sort of just come to expect it, and it's always a bit of a big box score. But it's going to be interesting in the run home if that actually equates to the Grizzlies retaining home court advantage by the time the playoffs roll around, and if they and if and when they do make the playoffs, which they will, it'll be interesting to see what kind of noise they make because. If the Grizzlies come into the playoffs and they're knocked out in the first round or second round, we don't want Ja Morant to become one of these players who are renowned for walking, uh, talking the talk but not walking the walk. Absolutely. And the risk is now there of Ja Morant becoming one of those players. He's I got like a, it. He's I got like a it. lot riding on those comments. And as I said, I love Ja Morant. Yeah, I, and I, to be honest, I love the comment. I, yeah. I love the confidence from him. But at mm. the same time, there's a bit of me going, geez, all eyes are on you now. And... I think the Big Grizzlies target. have a lot of expectations come come you know the, these playoffs. So watch out, Jar Morant. I, I, I didn't think it, I like this one. It, it does put a big target on him and the Grizzlies as mm. a whole, just purely for the fact of that comment mm. and the fact that arguably up there with Grayson Allen, Dylan Brooks is probably the most hated man within the league. Yeah. You could you I, could make a pretty comfortable case oh, yeah. for. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, for sure. He, he's a Goddamn pest, that guy. Yes. Um, but he loves it as well. He loves it. Yeah. I love – it's like Trey Young embracing that villain role. Yeah. I'm all for it. Didn't yeah. even talk about him and Shannon Sharp. Yeah, well, no. Yeah, far yeah. out. It almost seemed too long ago, but it was yeah, within the last week, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was. Um, on the jar point, though, I tell you what, he – and it feels like this Grizzlies team, they've been hovering around the periphery the last couple of – couple of seasons mm-hmm. for myself i've started to become a little bit more of a believer this year mm-hmm. uh, but there is even despite their young age their young core they've got he's kind of just you know there wasn't that much pressure on them yet yes yeah. he has just lumped it all upon his shoulders it was, that, it was that single comment i think yeah. that um put the pressure on him it's hard because i think uh they're going to cop flack if they get a first or second round exit. But yep. it's weird oh, because in saying that, I would be surprised if they got to the Western Conference Finals. You know so, I mean? would I, so would I. That's it comes the back to what thing. we said last week. I still think they're a piece away. I'm, I'm with you, Lee. This, like, is, this is exactly why there's a lot of pressure because I think now people are thinking, oh, geez, I don't know if Memphis can even get to the Western Conference Finals, let alone the finals. Like For me, I, I think of it, you know, I kind of, put myself in those shoes of a sporting sense. If, if I heard a player like, you know, I'm a soccer player. Um, if I heard an opposition rival on a different team saying mm-hmm. something like that, where you're going to run through the league this year, tell you what, first play of the game, I'm going to make a beeline for you. <laughs> yeah. Like I'll let you know what's up real quickly. Exactly right. Um, and I reckon a lot of players out there, you know, 
there's a lot of a lot of pride in that Western Conference, a lot of top tier talent. And for them to you know, I like what I like what Jar said, but to yeah. almost be disrespected like that, yeah. I reckon they'll come out with a bit of intent. So. And I mean, there's already been teams and players, particularly the Golden State Warriors, and we're talking about Clay Thompson, Draymond, Draymond. Green, who have come out already and have expressed their to it. yeah. I'm getting scared for the Memphis Grizzlies because there's a very very fine line between confidence and cocky, and I loved mm. them when they were confident, mm. and then and when you they think were... they're starting to teeter on the edge a little bit. Later. I think they're teetering to the to this to the standard that uh that the Phoenix Suns are on. Where I can like this analogy, Jenga. They're kind of about to pull out a brick and it could either make or win them the game or it could have the tower crumble. I'd say mm. I, I think that that uh that comment by Jaffa, as much as I loved it, I think it was a bit overs in my opinion. A bit overs. There you have a great start, mm. Roy Lee. What have you got for your first one, pal? I've got one that I don't think either you you would be uh, surprised by Rudy Gobert. Mm, he was um, my second. I wish I had a back. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you so go. We That's all right. We'll tie both in one there. They wanted bigger and better, the T-Wolves. They got bigger. Did they get better? Who knows? They went absolutely all out for this. I forgot how much they gave up for this guy. Can I just read off Please, what they get? Bloody how long we deal? got? Yeah. So let me just get rid of the, the, the guy. I don't even know who he is. Leandro Bellaramo. I don't know who that is. So they, they, Household name. They gave away him. But then they gave away Patrick Beverly, Malik mm-hmm. Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. Yep. And four first-round picks, oh. four of them. Hold on. Which And one of them was Walker Kessler. I think this tra- this trade's altered the league. It, it's altered trading in the league for it, sure. It has because yes. now, you know, it kind of comes back to OG and Anobi, all these other players. There's been a precedent set that a player who's not, you know, a top 10 player, top 20 player mm. within the league is getting four First round picks, yeah, you know that kind of sets the precedent, doesn't it? And yeah. it's just rubbish. Um, from an offensive point of view, we knew there was going to be an adjustment period, which they are still yet to reach. They're sitting uh, five hundred twenty-five and twenty-five. Um, without a doubt, the defensive output has increased, especially when Gobert is on the floor. But mm-hmm. to nowhere near the extent that anyone thought it was going to increase. Still got a negative point differential. Yeah, I know. They're giving concerning. up 115.4 points a mm. game there. Mm. And then Gobert um, <laughs> individually, all of his statistical categories have dropped, not by a mile, but, I mean, they're still noticeable. And then probably the most concerning thing is that the thing he was best at doing, rim protection, um, has taken a sharp sharp decline he's allowing more than 60 percent um of shots at the rim in and that's mm. the worst in his uh in his entire career mm. well so for both of you then i'll pose it to both of you because you both had go bear there and please add any other comments mm. you had there mm. Ro. is is it going to be better or worse when cat comes back into the fold it's a great question nick that's like, a it, great question we saw like through the first part of the season that they really struggled they mm. just kind of lacked cohesion the defense was even worse than it was now, and they just kind of, to be honest, I don't think they played through Edwards enough at that time. Mm, mm. But once Cat comes back into the fold, you know he's he's a top tier player. He uh, he thinks he's, the, player, he's yeah. mm. thinks he's the greatest shooting big man in history. <laughs> but how do we think this will impact the T Wolves going forward into the latter half of the season? Do you think it will have a positive or negative impact? Well, the Wolves, in my opinion, are sort of damned damned if they do and damned if they don't in the from the point of view of when Cat comes back, they, it doesn't seem like it's a functional team. It seems like those two can't coexist on the team together. But then we've obviously seen when Cat's been out, Rudy Gobert's not enough 
to yeah. be able to lead this team to success. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with so you. I think they're in a lot of trouble. And I tell you what, for a guy who's earning two hundred and five million dollars, I don't think the Wolf's the the Wolf's recruiting team would have been anticipating him to bring over career low statistical outputs yeah. in multiple categories. Um, for <laughs> I think Lee was mentioning before, there's a few. I'll just read it out. Um, He's averaging the least points per game since the 15 16 season, yep. least re- rebound since the 17 18, and the least blocks, which I think is probably the biggest one given mm. I think that's what they would have been anticipating he'd bring over since his rookie season, 2013 2014. It's really not good enough for a guy who they've forked out $205 million to <laughs> lead this team to success, and he's certainly not doing that. Could this trade be? in a couple of years' time, be looked back on upon maybe as one of the worst trades. Like, if you look at what Walker Kessler, Mm. you know, despite his young career in the NBA, how he's kind of developing these other draft picks, Mm. what else they gave up? Could this be looked back on, Lee, do you think, as maybe one of the worst trades in NBA history? I'm not going to say that yet. Not yet. Because I I haven't, for as bad as they've been, I haven't lost all hope, to be honest. He hasn't been there for an entire season. He hasn't been there... For a long while, Kat's been on the court too. I want to give them a mo- some more time and I want a coaching change as well. Right, then to mm. tie a bit of a bow in that Rudy Gobert one then, and we might have spoken about it last week, mm. but we love rehashing everything that we mm. say because a lot of it's gold. Um, <laughs> is So what's the ceiling this year? How far can this team go, do you think? At their, if everything falls to plan, where could they get to? In my opinion, I think at the absolute ceiling – they could make the playoffs and they get knocked out in the first round. Oh, shit. Yeah, because if they made the playoffs, I don't see them finishing above the seventh, eighth mark, to be perfectly honest. And if that was the case, they'd be coming up against the Denver Nuggets who would absolutely destroy them, or at this point, the Memphis Grizzlies, who I think would also hand it to them. So um, I think that's their absolute ceiling. And at this point, not even confident they'll make the playoffs. Lee, do you tend to agree with that or do you think their ceiling's maybe a little bit higher? Yeah, I agree in saying I think they'll probably make the playoffs, but I think it's a first-round exit. Yep. If they were in the Eastern Conference, which I think is a far better conference this year, I'd say they've got no chance. Yep. The West, there's a bit more leeway. Um, yeah, I, I think they could make it. A bit it. more unpredictability in the West, maybe. Yeah, yeah, I tend to agree with you there, Roe, in terms of their ceiling. With one little caveat on that, I think they match up okay against the Grizzlies. If that were to be the series that unfolded, mm. I'm not saying I think they'll win, but I think it would go deep. Was Six that the or first seven round series last season. Last year, and and the Grizz uh, and the Wolves were really in a healthy commanding mm-hmm. position. But they had one or two games where they let slip commanding fourth quarter right. leads. Mm. Um, so I think if that were to play out, it'd go deep. If they faced up against the Nuggets, I think they get steamrolled. So mm. um, great one there, Rudy Gobert. Certainly under a lot of pressure. Mm. Now I've done a I've done a little cheeky one here. I've As done a little always. cheeky one. Mm. I make the rules. I bend the rules. Um, I've <laughs> gone a two player one. A two player one. Player. It's little combo deal. It's two for the price of one. It's Devin Booker slash Chris Paul. Yes, okay. I like this. D Book mm. is one of mine. Oh, and, then, and I don't have a backup either. So. I think I'll tell you what, this is why we should discuss it. The, the unpredictability so. is good. I like it. Well, we'll tie it in as well there. Yeah. Um, I mentioned last week that this that this iteration of the Suns, it almost feels like last chance saloon a little bit. Mm. By the time the playoffs roll around this season, CP3 will be 38 years old. Mm. Um, and having never won a title, it's kind of that one asterisk hanging over his head a little bit. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. For as incredible player as he is, the records, the accolades, everything else, that's kind of the one thing that's eluded him so far. For sure. Um, for Booker, will he grow tiresome of being that number one guy and not seeing rewards from it? Um, I think having an aggressive Aiton, I spoke about this last week, is mm-hmm. key. Uh, but given their team, are they good enough? I just don't think they're good enough. I think health is a massive, massive concern, as we mm-hmm. said Chris Paul's not getting any younger. Mm-hmm. Devin Booker currently on the sidelines For sure. at the moment. Can this team still do some damage? And like, if it doesn't eventuate this year, I, I don't see them getting back to a, mm-hmm. a title contending position over the coming years. Mm-hmm. I think the West is too strong. And, you know, I think over the last two years, in particular, probably last year, they've mm-hmm. really bottled it, mm-hmm. bottled their opportunity. Absolutely. Yeah. As I said, this is pretty much last chance saloon, I think, for this iteration of the team. If we're, Talking about the Suns as a whole, and I'll talk about Devin Booker a bit later, what's not on their side right now is health. Obviously, D-Book's been out a while, and they've had other injuries too. They've had like Landry Shamet, Cam Johnson out. Who's, Chris Paul's been Chris out. Chris Paul's been DeAndre out. DeAndre Ayton missed the other day with a un-COVID-like uh, sickness. DeAndre Ayton wishes he was out. <laughs> like that's oh, health. Wait, did I just say? DeAndre I did say yeah, yeah. yeah, no, sorry. I was like, sorry. Oh, no, sure. <laughs> Health obviously Lagging isn't on their side yet. And yeah. I think what else they need is another scorer, not a not an all-out 30-point-plus-per-game scorer. But um, I, th- I think the Jay Crowder not playing is making a bit of an impact. He's got to be dealt. He's got to be dealt. Is that is a, dealt yet? That is a must. He was oh, a, I thought he had to have been dealt by now. Still hanging must. around. He was their kind of spot-up wow. shooter, and I think it's hurting them a little bit, them going. I saw some, I, agree. I saw someone say uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. might be a good fit where he back, can come I, I don't mind oh. it. I don't mind it either. Um, yeah, I, think, cool. I think they just need some scoring. D-Book, I think he was my person under pressure. He mm. is the guy that kind of... He needs to come out of this injury and just be almost a superstar, I'd say. And, I mean, he was looking like it before he they went down. all NBA, NBA level prior to the injury, wasn't he? And, you yeah. know, he's a 30-point-per-game scorer. We know what he can do. 27-4-5 and five he was averaging before he went down. Yep. Mm. Early December, they were 15 wins, six losses. Yeah. Um, so- and it kind of looked like they were really going to make a push again, doesn't it? And it, it has been quite a severe drop-off. And I, I said... You know, I take it back to the podcast the other night with the mm. lads from the fifth and dribble. I said one of my bold predictions was, I don't think the Suns will even make the play-in. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean... You know, given how close it is, I, you know, slightly biased. I have more faith in the Lakers. Mm. Um, I'm even buying OKC more so at the moment. Mm. Like, there's, it's just that tight in the standings, you know, a poor week here and a poor week there, and you slip out very quickly. Mm. Does anyone know what the time frame on Booker is at the moment? I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I tell you what, they'd be wanting to get him back ASAP because without yeah. him, they're in a lot of strife, to be honest with you. Quick question. Do you think that the Suns' ball from grace has been more so personnel or has it been more so sort of lack of team chemistry and overall like vibe with one another another that they had last season that which pr- proved to be really successful during the regular season I, I think it was a lack of moves to be honest from when they made the finals and I've said this before they sat they just sat on their hands when they had the picks and they had the assets to be better mm. that's when you try to get better so um, complacency almost to be like oh we think we're good enough still surely they couldn't have thought that once they got absolutely railed 
play on well, Dallas. You would Surely. think not, hey, but like as Lee said, they didn't make any moves, so they must have thought, oh, well, another loss to Dallas earlier today, yeah. a, a Luka Doncic less Dallas, yeah. mind you, he went down in the first couple of minutes here. I know the Suns mm. didn't have Booker, but mm. they certainly have their number at the moment, the Mavs. They do, yeah. Um, they couldn't have thought that. I, I think it... <sighs> but that's yeah. what it comes down to. That's the downfall, their lack of moves, Yeah, I th- in my opinion. I think it's this season, certainly personnel. I saw a, a graphic today. I don't have the exact numbers off, off mm. the top of the dome to quite lay there. Um the the like the the wins and the point differential, especially on the offensive end, mm. when Booker's in and when Booker's out, and their offense when he's out of the team is just it's a far cry yeah, from when a, he's in mm, it. Um, yeah, it's just leaps and bounds. And understandable, you're taking an All NBA quality player out of the rotation there. I I don't think they're good enough. Do you like in terms of them moving forward this season? As I said, it's a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. I don't see them making the playoffs. Um, I think realistically they they're in the playing pitcher. Mm, yeah, oh, I probably don't see them getting out of the plane. They're just so easy to mm. figure out. Um, they're they're so easy to figure out. I mean, you double team Booker and you leave other the other players to shoot, and they they can't be relied on. Are they That's... a playoff team, Lee, for you? <sighs> they're definitely a playing team. I'd yeah. say. Okay, I they're I, making the plane. I don't know about playoffs. So, so you reckon they get knocked out in the plane? I, I would good teams in there. I would say they. Oh God, actually, I don't know. So let's let's just hypothetically, as as things stand today, now there's still a lot of action still to unfold within the season. Mm. But if things were to end today, the Suns currently sit seventh uh, with a 25 and 25 record. They would play the Warriors in a one game series. I take the Warriors mm. every day of the week in playoff settings. Yes. yes. Yep. They would then play the winner of Minnesota and Utah. No, I think they but win. Based off that, I think they make the playoffs. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, Granted, OKC, Portland, and the Lakers are hot on their heels for those playing spots at the moment. Um, between sixth, well, let's say seventh and thirteenth, there's only mm. a game and a half separating them so at the moment. Jam, isn't it? So really, as I said, a good week here and a bad week there is all the difference at the moment. Um, as... Never has someone lost so much mojo as the Suns than. Austin Powers back in the <laughs> early 2000s. Real ones, oh, no. Groovy, baby. <laughs> uh, Austin Powers, what a weapon. Oh. Tell you what, what an interesting interesting kind of set of movies they are. Like, has there ever been a character that that's, like, more quirky? Mm, I don't know. Probably like not. Quirky. Talked about, like, an underrated series. Like, I don't know what the box office numbers were, but I reckon that's one of the best series of all time, to be honest with you. What? Mm. Wow. Really? Yep. Comedy series, absolutely. No wow. doubt. Comedy series, I'm just Maybe it's to... an acquired taste, actually, yeah. because as you said, he's a quirky character. So yeah, maybe it takes what? a special kind of person. I, there were moments I enjoyed, moments where I thought this is just a hard watch. But but uh, that's the whole point of it. It's well, meant to be a hard watch. It's, it's true. It's like indeed. quirky James Bond. Quirky James Quirky Bond. James Bond. That's the review. Yeah, I like that, to be honest with you. <laughs> Quirky ja- so if you were to see someone, they didn't know Austin Powers, that's the... That's how, and I, yeah, and, that's how put I mean, they'd have to have seen James Quirky Bond, James Bond for them to get it. So I don't mind that. That's yeah. a pretty accurate description there in a couple of words. Fair play off the dome. He's happy with his own That's work. where your best work comes from. You like. can tell he's happy because he's... Tooth crystals there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you have it. You've only, we've only got one more to go, right? Well, Yours? I'll bring us home strong then, lads. Please do. My player who I think is under pressure, 
is Joel Embiid. Yes, Joe I Joe. like this. Yeah. Why, why Joel Embiid and not James Harden is my question. Well, because Embiid's been the staple mark of Philly um, uh, for certainly longer than Harden. The pressure mm. from me and Philly fans is certainly burning the hole through them, I reckon. He himself, phenomenal season again, averaging 33.5 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, a block and a half a game, and mm. one steal, putting up MVP kind of stats there. Um, and he certainly has the squad capable around him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's comparable to that earlier iteration of the of the 76ers where there was Jimmy Butler, where mm-hmm. there was Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, Co. Good even mix, yep. Uh, it's funny to think of Jimmy Butler on that team, isn't it? I know, and on the Wolves. Uh, yeah, on the Wolves. Jimmy on oh, the Wolves, wow. what? Taking on, what was it like? Taking the uh, the third stringers to beat the uh, the starters. <laughs> that's right. What an incredible Jimmy! In in terms of Jimmy Butler stories, that's one of my favorite. Yeah, him just... taking third string Timberwolves <laughs> players to beat the starters. That's a thing of legend. It doesn't get any better. Jimmy buckets. Oh. Um, but Philly fans, I think over the last couple of years, they would be very disappointed that this team haven't gone further. Mm. Um, you know, with Embiid at the helm, they've been knocked out in multiple conference semifinals over the last four to five years. I think they've had three or four semi-final. Like mm-hmm. that's the furthest they've made it semi-final, and they've been knocked out at that point every time. Yep. With a with a player the caliber of Embiid, or at an absolute absolute minimum, it's got to be conference finals mm-hmm. this year. Adam and I mean a minimum. Mm-hmm. Um, I put them as my number one team again. I, I, I said it. I said, don't let me do it. Don't, don't let me do back. it. Yeah, don't go back on it. Yeah. Well, they're not going to finish first. Um, no, the Celtics are running away with that, but. Mm. They have been better. They've made a ch- charge up the standings recently. Um, what are they now? They're up to, I think, second. Yeah, they're up to second oh, as, of, up there. as of today. Good. Um, they're two and a half games back of the Celtics. But is this, like, I th- I think, given the squads they've had around Embiid and Embiid himself, to have not made at least a conference finals. They have to have made a conference finals. They might. I'll- they, no, have they? No, not? they haven't. No, I, no, I, I fact check it. I'm not pissing around here. Oh, I was going to say it's insane that they haven't made a finals yet, let alone a conference semifinals. Finals. You look at the Heat, Bucks, Celtics. They've kind of been the teams. Brooklyn, or oh, not so much Brooklyn, but those kind of those three teams have been mm-hmm. occupying the conference finals. To have not made a conference finals, I think he his ass is on fire. And I said it. Diamonds are made under pressure. Mm. The pressure on this guy. Um, he's about to pop into a little 24 carat diamond. It's it's hard <laughs> because it's like, is it just a matter of Joel Embiid for as great of a player he is just not being good enough? Or is it the team around him? But in saying that, he's had so many different teams. Oh, no, that was the other one I was doing yeah. with the bounce Kawhi. Yeah, 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 that's iconic. Right. But he's had so many different uh, rotations around him that surely one of them's worked. And they just so is it a case of him just not being good enough? Well, what I think it is is the fact that he's elevated his game at the same time as all these other teams in the East have elevated their entire games. Yep. And it's just made it really difficult uh, to a certain extent. I feel quite sorry for Joe Allen Bede because, and again, it's not only this, but we look at like he didn't even make the all-star starter pool team when any other, (laughs) how does that not happen when he's having this kind of season? But Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's ridiculous. But it sort of goes back to like he can have as good of a season as he as he can, but there's always going to be other guys who are probably going to be just that tiny bit um, higher standard yeah. than him. And I think that's what's happened with the Philadelphia 76ers. Like 
I think they do have a solid team. But again, this year, like I don't see them going. I know they're second at the moment in the East, but yep. their credentials in playoffs doesn't fill me with enough hope to suggest that they will make the Eastern Conference Finals. But it's ridiculous to think that a player of his calibre with a team like that around him, you look at James Harden, all these other supporting pieces, haven't made the Eastern Conference Finals. It's mind-boggling. Well, to, I'll ask both of you, Ro, we'll start with you, just off the back of what you just said. Mm. Yes or no? Yes or no answer? Do they make the Conference Finals this year? No. Lee, do the 76ers make the Conference Finals this year? They, they don't, but I was just thinking how crazy... How, how many actual contenders are in the East? Them in, them included, to be honest. I'd include them as a contender. But Bucks, Boston, Brooklyn, and the 76ers. Cavs, like, Cavs, Cavs yeah. like, come on. Cavs like, Heat coming back. Nah, a nah, heat. Of I wouldn't put Heat in there. Not even the Cavs. But those four alone, like, two of them have got to miss out. And in my opinion, 76ers are probably one of them. Mm. This is it. This is it. You heard it here? Oh, bold call. What's the time? Mark the time. Quarter um, past seven. Not, that's not going to be on the episode. I need you to timestamp the episode. <laughs> this is it. This what? is last chance saloon. And He's, I mean it oh, 100%. How's on. the preamble on this bloke? Cross my heart and hope to die. I want you to pull me up on this. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say they make at least the conference finals. At least. And if not, like, wipe my hands. I am done. You I said they're done with him. <laughs> I did. You got I the did. wipes out way. Yeah, I did ago. say that. I did say that, but uh, don't <laughs> let the truth ruin a good story. Okay. So um, who's missing out is my question. Uh, and be very careful with your answer. Uh, be very careful. Uh, I'm going to say Celtics and Nets miss out. Bucks and Bucks oh, and Philly. You're just God. a shit bloke. I know. God. I know. I know. I'm giving. Oh, do the Bucks, mate. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to back the Bucks in. Um, Bucks and Philly. Um, Bucks Philly, and Philly. Philly, this is absolutely it, 100%. So, you know, hold me to it. All the oh, listeners out there, you heard God. it as well. Um, so, you, you know, make me accountable. I actually like the bold call. You have to put your balls on the line for something. Balls on the line. Often it pays off. Josh Giddy, Dyson Daniels. Often yes. it doesn't. With uh, coming back to the Kings the other way, getting called out <laughs> for that one, having to make an apology on social media. So yeah. these, are, these are what we shoot for, lads. We do. There we go. There concludes our, our little roundup of players we think are under the most pressure at the moment. Um, as I said, be sure to let us know what you thought of our, our selections. Uh, we went from an intended six down to four, but that just shows how in sync we are as a team. You can't help but love that chemistry, can you? I think so. But on the same vein, let's discuss maybe before future episodes just to avoid this issue going forward, maybe. Let's do that. Absolutely. No, let's not. I like going in blind. We got enough content. There you go. Good stuff. Lads, as always, it's been a pleasure. (laughs) Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to the show, whether you're you're a viewer. Mm -hmm. Are you guys podcast viewers or listeners? uh, With ours, a viewer. Oh, yeah, a bit of both. Is that with ours? I get a hit on both, hit on the audio version and the video. Well, let me just pose that to you two then, because we all we all like to listen back to our own work. Do you listen to it even though we've said it as an entertainment piece, or do you listen to it as a learning piece? A learning piece for me. I look at Sit it there as, with a notebook and pen. Yeah, just, uh, a little bit. What can we do better next time? I mean, time? I, I still laugh at... Oh, so do I. It's still funny. Entertainment things. and learning for me. Entertainment both. and learning, the best of both worlds. Yes. Do you know, know what, what I'll do sometimes? Provide here. This, yeah. is, this is actually, I don't know if I want to say this. Go. It's a little bit embarrassing. No, have at it. Sometime I'll, sometimes I'll say something that I think is quite funny. And you laugh back and at I'll it. And I'll go the minus 15 so we can relive <laughs> it all again. <laughs> 
Sometimes I anyone else or just just myself. Sometimes I will say something funny. <laughs> I think that, it's just you. Oh, okay. No, Fair it's not. I'll say something funny I've said and show everyone in the room. <laughs> really hang your hat on. It's going to another level. Um, I was really impressed the- a couple a couple um a couple episodes ago, the Christmas episode when you were like, "Oh, Merry Christmas to everyone," and I said, "Except the Jewish." <laughs> That, I'm going to be honest. I really love that. I, that got me actually. I I showed uh, a couple oh, of people no. that, and that had me in stitches. Um, <laughs> I just, oh, I was hoping to leave that in the past. In, in the yeah. moment, I was kind of like, oh <laughs> shit, how do we tackle this one. next little? The next words are critical here, um, but that had me in stitches too. So the very fair play. The very makeup of the <laughs> podcast. Hinged on Hinged that. On that. <laughs> Hinged on that. Well, there you go. Like, if you're a watcher, subscribe on YouTube. If you're a listener, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, be sure to subscribe. Mm. Call to action this week. Guys, if you've got any friends, family, best cousins, neighbours, dog out there who mm-hmm. likes basketball, NBA, NBL, send them our way. Get Please. them to subscribe, listen to the show. We love having conversations with anyone and everyone. So we'd, uh, we'd love to hear from some, some fresh faces out there. Absolutely. Beautiful, guys. Have a fantastic week. Enjoy what's coming up very quickly the all-star weekend and uh, from myself lee and roe we can't wait to speak to you guys next week see ya